really do. You're a 21-year-old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking job, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording above the butcher shop, uh, Valley Farm Market, out here in Spring Valley with my man Derek Marceau. 2018, grinding. Grinding, and uh, got to give you a shout out, man. Uh, last week was a, a rough week for me, and, and you came to the rescue. So oh. um, I was uh, on vacation in Hawaii with my family. It's the first time we've actually taken a trip. Um, like a vacation other than just kind of going to travel to see family somewhere and the rain came and flooded my store so it was really exciting to get phone calls and um you know what i just didn't really know what to do and i was looking for flights and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna call sean and uh, sean had it taken care of within an hour or two and you know i i know you always tell me don't mention it but uh it was Really good to have that that feeling of you, you knew someone was here to have your back when when something bad happened. So thank you for that. Yeah, I um, I'm proud of you for not getting on that plane and ending your one vacation that you got to spend with your wife and your sons and uh, your brother-in-law. You know, it's it's very difficult to want to fix something, and I know how difficult it must have been for you to stay up all night and worry about the shop. I mean. There was a fucking lot of water. <laughs> Dude, right. There was a lot of yeah. water. Um, it was kind of like a perfect storm. There was a small hole in the wall that turned into a bigger leak and kind of where the water was pouring off of two buildings uh, puddled. And, man, it was, a, it was a disaster. But your team, they stepped up. Um, the village stepped up. I, I pulled in uh, Jason, who helps us with the Del- uh, Spring Valley Barbecue Festival. Yeah, he came in. He was in full uh, full uniform. Uh, was he, he? He's in the Navy. Yeah, yeah, he just got out of his car. I'm like, oh, Such perfect, my man. Right, signing you up. <laughs> no, that's what it is. I mean, it honestly is. I was talking to my wife about it that night, and she's like, "Go to sleep." I'm like, "I can't sleep. I'm not gonna be able to sleep." <laughs> and you know, it's like it really does take a village sometimes to 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 do things right, and you know, it's it's great to have that security when, when you leave so again thank you um hawaii was great weather was great barbecue over there was great everything was just amazing so 2018 started off on the, on, the, on the right hand i think it is uh you know we we started getting back down to the basics we had jim trotter come out and you come out yeah. um for our first ever cali breakfast club and uh we wanted to do a volunteer meeting for our staff to kind of let them know the bigger why uh it's difficult once you go from 18 employees to believe we're at like 87 yeah but let me let me just clarify when he says we had you guys come out he never fucking told us that we were going to be talking in front of everybody so we literally went there myself jim trotter and um like oh you know just in case someone has questions maybe i can give a different perspective as a different business owner Nope, Sean had us up talking in front of the whole staff. The whole, the and, whole uh, staff. You know, kind of, I'm never at a loss for words, so it was fine. I wasn't but, worried about you or Jim. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fine, but it was uh, it was cool, man. It was cool to see everyone come together. And that's what you have to do sometimes in business is bring everyone together and make sure everyone knows this is our vision. This is where we're going. This is what we want to achieve. And uh, so when people do ask, they, they know the whys, right? Sure. We, they, they have to know the why behind our stories. Well, I mean, I... If it makes you feel any better, I didn't tell my wife that she was going to be speaking either. So yeah. my wife came with her our six-month-old son, and uh, they got to say a few words. Corey, the producer, got to say a few words. Uh, Layla even got to say some words. Um, basically called on everybody. It's easy to – it's very easy to – when you're in the forest and you're deep, deep in it and you're doing operations, you're working, you're running your business, and you're like, well, this is shitty and this, we need to fix this and we need to do that. It's very – it's difficult to get out and to look at the entire the entire big picture and totally. you know for people to get back and be like oh I remember when I was hired yeah. and for them to get back to that I think it was uh, it was really good it was a good exercise and it made it even better that you were willing to share and Jim and everybody else so fired up for 2018 it's a good year let's do it let's get after exciting. it got the grenade fixed 
Uh, finally. Finally. Let's cracked. do it. Let's do it. No fault of theirs, <laughs> but my employee dumped it over. <laughs> oh, wow. That was exciting. And, uh, but got it fixed, and Green Egg has uh, been very you know, good with us and helped us get us a, a base here pretty quick. So yeah, ready to go. Well, if you're tuning in for the first time, we appreciate you uh, tuning in. This is a business and marketing podcast. Uh, we drop a new episode every Friday. Uh, for those of you that have subscribed on any of the podcast apps, we appreciate that. Uh, if you wrote a review, we appreciate that. Uh, people reaching out, tagging us behind the smoke on Instagram. Um, that means a lot. Uh, we're on a barbecue journey. Um, our barbecue journey's taken us, you know, this is going to be about almost half a year we've been podcasting. A little over. Um, now we're getting ready to go out to the National Barbecue Association. Uh, there's a huge uh, annual conference that's going to come up in March, uh, March 14th to the 17th. March 14th is a good day. Yeah, we're going to, is that your birthday? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. 21? Uh, 22. 22. 22 years old. So you're not even a millennial yet. No, I'm oh. 35. I'll be 35. Yeah, so we're going to head out to uh, the NBBQA National Conference, IMBBQ, uh, 2018. Hopefully we see a lot of our barbecue friends and family. we already uh, been talking it up with some other barbecue podcasts, Best Barbecue Show, um, Stover and Yoni. Uh, they're, they were on the NBBQA call this morning. Uh, Greg Rempe, who does, he's been podcasting for 12 years. Jesus. 12 years. Barbecue Central show. Wow. So that's another podcast. But I mean, that's what I was, that's three years before I even opened up a Facebook page. (laughs) (laughs) So this guy was on it. Um, Hopefully we can get uh, Man Meat Barbecue Show, Mikey K out there as well. But if anyone can make it out, we hope to see you there. Um, Today's an awesome day because we get to bring in another part of the barbecue family out here on the West Coast. Yeah, it's it's growing, and I think um, people are starting to take uh, notice that you know California has good barbecue too, and yes. we're really trying to create a movement where people can try it and taste it, and really really trying to do everything that we can in, in our journey to uplift all the other barbecue places in here. So um, we're we're excited to have uh, we have Rick, yeah, and we have Bridget from Iron Pig Iron Ale Pig. House IPA. I love it. Iron Welcome, Pig, guys. Iron Pig Ale House. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everyone. You know, one of the most impressive things for me is, you know, having grown up in La Jolla, um, spending a lot of time at Pacific Beach, I've seen so many businesses come into PB and fail. Um, there's a particular location where Iron Pig is located, has been unsuccessful for my whole life until Iron Pig came in. And Iron Pig came in and they anchored down. Um, and when we say anchored down, every time I drive past Iron Pig, it's popping. It is popping, and what they're doing is very, very impressive. And we are uh, we're honored to have you guys here Thank to you share so your story. So, Thanks so much, guys. Uh, get us get us back to the to the origin, Rick. I guess let's start with you. How'd you uh, how'd you start? How'd you get get into the barbecue game? Well, um, I got into the barbecue. I've been cooking my whole life. Um, my family we're all we're all great cooks, actually. Uh, I think my sister's better than me, but. Um, I grew up with barbecue. I grew up with soul food. Uh, my family. This is in Texas. This is in Texas. Okay. Uh, I grew up in El Paso, Texas. Most of my family is from Texas or Louisiana, um, and we just ate. You know, it was always some kind of jambalaya or, or barbecue, sure. etouffee, shrimp and grits. So, I fell in love with that style of food. And um, my grandfather, Chuck Taylor, and he always tell you that he had nice shoes. shoes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still wear those. Sometimes. Um, that would have been nice. Yeah. He, he had a barbecue restaurant. It was called the Buffalo Soldiers. And, um, cool. Dreads <laughs> like Ross. <laughs> and so he opened it up around um, 92 in El Paso, and I and I would go and work there and help him out and learn how to smoke meat. And he had one of those um, cast iron inlays with the brick outside. And, mm. yeah, it was, it was you know, kind of like Coops, actually. Yeah. Um, and it was cool. And that got me in the game um, at an early age. Uh, but then when I... Got into barbecue here at IPA. I had been doing uh, fine dining cooking and like farm to table cooking here in San Diego. Sure. Uh, I was approached by the owners to, to, they had an idea about bringing barbecue to PB because there wasn't anything there close by. Um, and since I had a background, I, I agreed and I had to get my, I had to get my, you know, like all my experience back because I hadn't really barbecued at a, at a, at a huge level. You got to dust that hat yeah, back yeah. off and you know, figure <laughs> yeah. out if it you know, still fits. Yeah, I did it. I did it at my house and all that, but right. on a large scale, I had to get back into it. So, but it, it, you know, it's like riding a bike. I picked it right back up, and and here we are now. That's awesome. How'd you uh, find Rick? 
you know, his hat was well dusted off by the time that we ever <laughs> even had a tasting dinner. We were introduced to him, and honestly, he cooked for us maybe, I don't know, a week later. And we were still trying to figure out what type of concept we wanted. And truly, um, he came over to Louise, my business partner's house, and just completely put out a spread for, I don't know, I think there was about 10 of us. And by the end of that night, we knew concept, we knew he was our guy, and we knew that that was a perfect spot for it because definitely there was a place in the market in PB for it that didn't we didn't really see any um, barbecue that was on par with Rick's. Sure. Were you um, in the restaurant industry before um, you know my ipa uh we work louise and i work with um land developers all over the country we own a marketing firm as well as <coughs> excuse me ipa and we work with a lot of land developers and real estate investment trusts and they have restaurants on think of shopping centers and, sure. and things like that and so we do a lot of cooperative marketing with that we're used to challenging and validating business plans for certain businesses and things like that so when the lease is right when the space is right and you've got rick you do it and what's the name of the marketing agency it's called baby bird communications okay very cool and how long has it been open nine years and it's you and uh, lois it's me and louise yeah louise me and louise yeah mm -hmm. that's great how'd you guys find each other so Louise comes from a development family. Mm -hmm. Her family um, has done a ton of development in San Diego. I actually worked in LA running an agency there for many, many years. Um, we, Her boyfriend at the time ran a modeling agency and he said, hey, I'm going out on my own. Will you book your models through me? And I said, yes. And I became his work wife and she was his home wife and <laughs> he said, you guys are going to meet each other and you're either going to fall in love with each other or you're going to hate each other. And I'm going to have two, you know, situations on my hand. Sure. And we fell in love with each other the first time we, we sat down, we started strategizing about her goals, my goals, what do we want to do with life, what's BS, what's great why we think each other's great and it's been awesome ever since she's not only my business partner she's really my sister that's pretty uh pretty cool that you guys would actually think about you know doing a, a place together though i mean yeah <laughs> yeah, this shit's hard, man. This shit's fucking gnarly, and people it don't is. understand it. And Truly. you know, to say like, okay, let's let's go get a restaurant. My buddy did it. He had, you know, he was making a shit ton of money. It's like I'm gonna open up a restaurant just for somewhere for me to go and the family to go. And yeah, I mean, he lost millions of dollars doing True. it and trying to chase chase a dollar, and he couldn't couldn't catch keep up and you know it's it's a scary thing but uh, to be able to do it and see that there was a need for for barbecue and pb and to say hey let's go do it did you have any barbecue experience yourself i didn't have barbecue experience we work with a restaurant group that had a few barbecue restaurants in kansas city and, and okay. uh, in kansas city missouri sure and so we had had that experience but honestly who were they um you don't mind me asking it was with a company called Red Development. And so okay. I don't know if you know, by the Kansas City Speedway, yeah. they had Legends at Village West and, exactly and all of that. So yeah. we actually helped with all of the marketing to bring that to fruition. Oh, cool. So it kind of goes, I look like I'm 25, but I'm really <laughs> not at all. Um, so, but honestly, it was more about Louise living in PB and being a resident and wanting something for her direct environment that was family friendly, something that was good food she could get behind, something that, and honestly, when we met Rick, it was kind of love at first sight, to be honest with Well, you. he is very handsome. So. I mean, he's really kind of cute. Yeah. He's really kind of cute. But no, honestly, I think that um, Louise's passion for neighborhood and wanting something good for the community and having all the experience in development, my, res my responsibility from the development standpoint knowing that we could do it and then rick being the talent was like it was a no-brainer so you guys are continuing to do your marketing stuff and we just, are yeah we are yep and then you let rick run the run the show basically well rick ha rick is brilliant back of house we also have an amazing front of house manager that um does all our beer buying and manages the front of house staff rick's family in the back is very yeah, yep. very tight it's a well-run machine and louise and i both um handle the marketing and kind of the admin stuff of the front as how well how many employees are we at i'd say we're at about 37 37 like that yeah i know i have i know i have about 12 with me in the back and then we have servers bartenders um and it it's grown quite a bit as far as what we needed just because when we first opened we weren't 
Sure, but since we are like a <clears throat> a, a full service restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and when it gets busy on a Friday Saturday night, you know, we I've got, been in there and it's been yeah. bumping like packed. Yeah. yeah so. When you say you run a well oiled machine, well, we saw it yesterday. You walked in the back and and saw your coolers and stuff, and it was it was impressive. I mean, yeah. it was nice and clean, and um, you know, it's small, and like it, we we, it we, we run into to problems. You know, we're actually doing a expansion right now on our electrical just to be able to get a kitchen and move stuff around. It's like you're always fighting for space. Yeah. But you have to be a well-oiled machine if you're, you're going to have that little yeah. space. And I've been I've been used to to working in kitchens that way. Um, and I'm a I'm a you know I want that walk-in looking. If those <laughs> you know if those guys, if I come in on Friday and it's not looking like I want, then they know about it because sure. you have to have a clean. I mean, you have to have a clean a clean walk-in, a clean kitchen, or no one you know. If anyone comes back there, especially we have people that want to come see the smoker, they mm-hmm. want to come see what we do. We have to have it looking nice for them, so they want to feel comfortable eating there. Did you, know, you like, put that grate inside the um, wood? I did. Did you? I did. I, was, uh, I wanted to raise. Um, sometimes that flame. I'm sorry, he has an old hickory smoker, yes. just like us. So yeah. that's the reason I was asking. Um, it's an SSE. If you guys want to look it up, and there's a side burner on it, and he put a, a grate right by the fire in the firebox, um, right by the igniter. And um, to raise, to keep airflow? Well, yeah. The, the reason for that was definitely that, to keep airflow underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, our, I mean, you saw the machine. It's in a tight little, it's not outside like your guys' where It has right. a little bit of room to breathe. So, you know, we need that We need that back airflow coming um, through. And so I put that great. Once I put those the wood on, it seemed like it, it, got, it got hot very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, before, it was having a little bit of problem getting up to temp um, very quickly. As, so... That was my idea to throw it in there, and it worked. So I just yeah, ours it. still takes about twenty thirty minutes to get up to to town. About ours yeah. does. And for me, um, I don't have that luxury sometimes, just because I have maybe two. I have three runs a day usually, mm-hmm. and especially with those wings, I got to get them in so that yeah. So we have them open um, for eleven thirty because just like barbecue, I try to have everything fresh every day. Right. I don't want to use any old meat, um, so. That was the that was the plan to try to get it hot. It gets hot in about I'd say fifteen minutes with that with that grate. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Cool. I think uh, one of the challenges we we talked about before the podcast started is for people out here on the West Coast in San Diego to understand low and slow cooking, and that when we're out, we're out. Um, can you guys talk about a little bit of the challenges that you had from an operation standpoint and a marketing standpoint? to kind of educate our customers to let them know what you guys are trying to do. Sure. I think that was interesting for Rick coming from Texas. Um, some of the comments when we first opened about coming comments in. Comments on like Yelp. And- uh, comments on Yelp and Facebook and different groups that were, you know, upset that they couldn't get brisket at 930 when they came in or that something had run out on a weekly special. And luckily, because of the environment of San Diego and the different kind of barbecue knowledge that's coming to the market now, we usually have other people that are able to speak and say, hey, guys, you want your barbecue restaurant to run out. Hey, this is a good thing. You're not getting old meat. You're not getting. And Rick runs a very scratch kitchen. I think that, I mean, he does everything from makes the ice cream, makes the ranch dressing, makes everything except for the you know, catch up for the kids' fries. So um, it's definitely easier when people that have the knowledge say, actually, guys, this is a great thing. You want your barbecue to be like traditional El Paso barbecue. Well, it's it's also training servers to to relay that information to the customer so that they they understand why I don't have baby backs at, you know, 930 at night when I went through already about three or four (laughs) cases. Yeah. Um, and it can only fit so much. You guys have the same smoker yep. as me. It's not like a huge long pit like Franklin's or someone like that. So, right. now did you with the um, baby backs? Did you do baby backs instead of spare ribs for a reason? Like we did. We we do baby backs as well. And um, I actually do have spare ribs, but yeah. they only sell them at at dinner time past five. Okay, uh, just because of the room, you know, sure. um, everything else in there. So, but baby backs is what we sell the most of as far as the ribs go. Right. I prefer spares, and I tell people, I tell the servers to try to push spares, mm-hmm. but it just seems like people have it in their mind they want baby backs. And mm-hmm. our baby backs are great, but spares just have so much more meat, and, yep. and they have that rib tip attached, so, yep. you know. Yeah, you, you cut your whole rib tip off. Yeah, yeah we, we fabricate uh, the, the rib tip. But we um, we do baby backs here because, it, to be honest, it's faster. Yeah. For us, it's, you know, we got to get, we're going through quite a bit of, of baby backs uh, every single day, and 
we got that smoker. We only got one. We got tri-tips to go on, briskets to go on, chickens to go on, everything else. We exactly. got to keep it going. So yeah. it took it took about three hours away from cooking time for all those ribs and yeah. helped us out a lot to make sure that we had enough room for everything else. You know, it's definitely an art and, uh, you know, barbecuing. But, you know, like coming from fine dining into barbecue, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of cooks around here that can cook a piece of meat from raw to fresh in however many minutes. But there's only a handful of people that can master slow cooking sure um around around the city you know i mean i've met a lot of cooks that can do foie gras or sear fish correctly and all that but with barbecue i think it's it's really something that takes special attention to and time and patience and and trial and error and and failure but once you once you start nailing it and you get it down you feel good about it and you open that smoker and see those baby backs look right like you like you want to constantly eat them right you're around it so much (laughs) Yeah. Um, that's, that's special. We talk about it a lot too. It's, it's not necessarily too hard to make good barbecue. Right. It's extremely hard to make great barbecue mm-hmm. and to do it consistently. So, you know, you can have some, some good barbecue. You can have it, you can do it outside in your backyard. Your friends come over and they're like, Oh, that's, that's good stuff. And they're not lying to you. I mean, I'm sure you make some good barbecue, but to make great barbecue that people are going to remember and want to come back and it's consistently good yeah. is fucking hard. I know. Seven days a week. It yeah. Is, yeah. You know, and, and to, and on occasion, when you have that that dry brisket or someone, I'm like, you know, it it does happen sometimes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah human don't error. yourself. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah human it error. happens happens all the time. I yeah, mean, it happens happens a lot more than we want to even say. But it's every cattle's different, and exactly. it's hard because if you can't, if you're not there, and you understand brisket's a feel, and you how do you teach your cook who's just coming in trying to figure it out and he doesn't understand he's just trying to get it at 200 right well, it might be dry now you know so it's, it's a it's a constant battle for for us to make sure that it you is know, it's, it's uh consistently good but it's a lot of it's a lot of educating my cooks and prep cook um which i've had luckily for two years now so i don't have a high turnover on that which means that we can stay consistent right. because they're the ones doing it with me when i'm not there right. um and they're pretty they're pretty good pit masters themselves now especially my prep cook she she's a 53 year old woman from oaxaca and she yeah. knows how to she's she knows how to cue now she's amazing <laughs> yeah sure. yeah how sure. how's it been with the, the marketing of it how how did you guys come up with the name iron pig how'd you guys so do honestly all your stuff? that old hickory beast when we had to take out the back wall in order to get it in <laughs> did you when did you select the old hickory how did that and how did you even come up with the old hickory um yeah. well i i did research um i did it was the pride the old hickory uh-huh. and then there was one um i forgot the other one but um i called they just had very good customer service yeah um, luke, you talked to luke who'd you talk to um remember no it was margaret okay margaret from old hickory yep um they just had good customer service um pride didn't necessarily want to like get back to us as but i mean they were still a good smoker but they just had great customer service they had a guy out here that lives in huntington beach that can fix it anytime um, mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys know who that who that guy That's is huge. um kiff he's in huntington beef and keith Kiff. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't know Kiff. We know Keith. <laughs> yeah, he's we, our guy. We can do anything. But yeah, but yeah. Out. So they just had. It was just you know, it was a good product. I read a lot of good reviews, and um, that's why we went with it. I can't imagine it disappointed you at all. No, I mean they're so. They are. I mean, the best thing that the reason I got my old hickory was because Sean and Gene talked me into it. Um, well, not talked me into it, but kind of educated me on it. But as a restaurant. You need to be able to get a spare part if something breaks right away. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these smokers, people are getting, um, you know, you got to call, you got to get it shipped out, and then it might take two days, it might be on back order. And you can't be down for three days. No. So, um, you know, they all their parts, you can get a Granger. Yep. You can just yep. get a Granger and pick it up real quick, and there's a Granger near everybody. So right. go pick up a part, get back. You know, we always have spare parts for things that I can tell you right now, I've had mine for. Almost three years. Really? And I haven't had to do anything. Really? Yeah. We had to do one one time, one thing. Yeah. Um, and that's when your guy Gene came and saved yep. us. You, guys, you yeah. guys did some internet research and found us mm-hmm. on our, because of our webpage, we had, yeah. you know, we cook with our old hickory and uh, well, I think we got an email. That's when you really, that you got an email from Louise because yeah. that's when you really 
when you talk about it being a community and you talk about people really respecting other barbecue people and helping out and whatnot, you guys came through for us in a big way. It wasn't, it wasn't even a question. I mean, we got, I got the email and then I sent it to Gene and Eric, my GM and said, you know, is there any way we can help out? And Gene's like, absolutely. I'll call them and see what they need if I need to go down there. Yeah. That was so great. And he did come down and honestly, I can't tell you how many times we've told that story because it really does kind of epitomize what we believe in and what we want for the barbecue community. There's so much really good barbecue in San Diego right Mm -hmm. now. We all are, you know, and you get people that want to speak about, Oh, do you like these guys? Do you like that guys? And honestly, if I have to listen to another one of those conversations, I just want to drop kick somebody because it's not, that's not what it's about. We wanted a place where we could have, you know, communal dining, put down your phone and, and, talk to your neighbors and sure. have a place in PB where you could do that. And we couldn't be down for three days. So for your guys to come out, for Gina to come out and to help us out, I know Rick was just. Yeah. I mean, it's really like, it, it's, that's the culture that barbecue is. That's, yes. that's, those are the things that drive Derek and I towards barbecue. Yep. Um, you know, on the competition circuit, it's the same way, you know, sure. those, those teams are competing against each other yet. You know, if somebody doesn't have sidewalls, the team next to them, they're going to go jump and drive to Home Depot to go get sidewalls, pay out of their pocket to help them so that they pass health inspection. I mean, stuff like that doesn't happen, um, you know, unless people are doing things for the right reasons. And, True. you know, for us to anything that we can do for Brad or for Andy or for you guys, uh, I mean, it, it's the way that it was done for us. And, yeah. you know, Gene was the shining example of that. Yeah. You know, I, we didn't have a clue what we were doing when we were putting on an amateur barbecue contest and I asked we asked for his help and he came and gave us tens of hundreds of he's still here. He's still, he's still here. So he's uh no, but yeah. it's it's really important to understand that. I mean it's uh, and it's hard a lot of times people don't don't get it. They're like what are they? What are Derek and Sean trying to do? What, what, what's behind it? <laughs> what's like, the alternative? Like, we're, we're truly yeah. trying to just grow barbecue as a whole, as a whole, not just trying to figure out how we can monetize ourselves. Because yeah, exactly. if, it, if we're just looking for transactional things, it doesn't work. It's never going to work because you're going to at some point you're going to run out of, yeah. of those people. You know, you have to be transparent. You have to want other people to succeed just as much as you want to succeed. Exactly. So if there's anything that we can ever do, we want to make sure that we go do it and not just talk about it, but sure. hey, right. let's, let's go hop in the fucking car and let's go figure out what we can do to help them out because they're, you know, we, we know how much it sucks to be down. Let's yeah. make sure Absolutely. that they're not down. And I appreciate it so much. Cause what I, what I ended up doing, cause you know, when the, when the pressure's on, I usually am very calm. So I was like, okay. Well, <laughs> disturbingly, disturbingly calm. Right. Disturbingly calm. So, <laughs> so I just, I, I just packed that side, that side chamber with wood. I got a torch. I got some little fire starters, like you know, like the little natural ones. Lit mm-hmm. it up. I threw racks on the bottom. I put uh, two hotel pans on the on the side. Put more racks and just stacked meat and just smoked it that way until until mm-hmm. Gene came and fixed it off. So because I wasn't going to you know eighty six every you can't else. So I you mean can't. You, like yeah. I so mean I had to figure it out and that's the life of a I chef. Guess what? So During my fun. flood, we didn't close. Oh no, right. I was I came to <laughs> make sure go. they didn't yeah. close. Right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you know, put out caution and said, "Don't come over here while they got it all done." Full, li- full liability. Call yeah. the right. attorney. Signs up. You make sure that everything's document everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's important to make sure that you know, like we said, it's a village, and and to get everyone, you know, going the same direction. It's it's important. But um, so you guys also have a pretty extensive bar and a bunch of beer. You guys have thirty six. We have candles? 30, 36 um, beer and four wine, and then we sell wines by the bottle as well. Four wines on tap. Four wines on tap. Rad. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm a wino, so it that's works really, for really me. Cool. No, that's really that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's great. You know, and the beer actually. Um, even though I'm not, you know, doing the ordering, but what, what what we try to do there with it is we never have the same beer on um, at any time. It seems like it's mm-hmm. rotating so much, sure. and we use we use mainly pretty much exclusively local local breweries in San Diego mm-hmm. um, for all that. And um, it's been since I mean, people come in. We 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 do the whole thing IPA lager. I mean, I'm a lagers, you know. Right. Belgian sours. It's across the board. So yeah, I saw I saw the list yesterday, and I was really. I mean, your guys' run line's long. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't, I mean, you guys had to go underground and mm-hmm. those, those lines, that's got to be a, a, could be a nightmare sometimes, right? Because you get some diazotol in your in your lines if you do sours or whatever you do. It's it's a, 
having the we're glycol really system. Lucky. Yeah. yeah, we're really lucky with um, Ryan, who does all of our beer buying and whatnot. He has um, kind of the depth of experience needed for that. And also, we again, it's about that community of people that, you know, Michael Peacock, people like that, that are just always there to to be those guys to sure. to go to and and so it's really again a community thing. We also have a ton of events that we do with different whether it's founders or whether it's a local brewery and it's just, guys it's just a place to have fun. Like we sure. they come in deep. We have it's we sell meat and beer to bearded guys in PB. Yeah. It's not a bad gig. Yeah. No, you know what awesome. I mean? Like it's yeah. a pretty great gig. Well, it's one of the coolest things is we talk about a lot is you know, if you when you open up a any any store, really doesn't matter um, if it's a brick and mortar store and you're putting out food, if you're putting out barbecue, you're putting out beer. Uh, if you're not embracing the community and understanding the pulse of yep. the community, then it's going to be that much harder to be successful. You can't go and impose your will on PB. You have to understand PB. And right when I walk into Iron Pig, I know that you guys understand PB. And like, I know that this, like, this is PB. This is a flagship for PB. And, you know, it's probably one of the reasons why you've been so successful. Um, not to mention your attention to detail for quality. Yes. You know, when you're a scratch kitchen, it's one of the things Gene's taught us so much is as much as we focus on the quality of the meats that we purchase, how we fabricate them, the sauces we make, the rubs we make, how long we cook them, the quality control, all the other ancillary things we make from scratch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, a lot of labor and it is, a lot it of is a lot of labor it's a lot it's a lot of you know a lot of planning and organizing and making sure everything's there but um for oh, yeah, me, your, your habanero sauce is fucking hot i forgot to mention that i was like just thinking burn, about all those all burn, that stuff you guys baby, ate burn. yesterday i love hot stuff and i had some and i, I took a big oh. nice dip in it and i'm like Huh, that's, that's that's gonna stay with me for a little bit. That's my goal. Being from El Paso, <laughs> I'm used to a lot of heat, and yeah. I told I told my my prep cooks that make the hot sauces. I go, look, I want to burn people's ass here in PB. <laughs> right, it's yes. so that's, bad. That's my goal. Yeah. I mean, it's so bad. It's so good. Yeah, I come I love from it. a big family. I have seven older brothers, and the only girl and wow. the youngest. They are like, you've got a barbecue joint. We're wow. coming down to San Diego, right. and they like. Hot, hot, hot. I mean, they compete against each other. They're big dudes. And his habanero <laughs> sauce, I was like, oh, I just need to bring this to every family function because I can shut them up real quick. <laughs> this, is, this is beautiful. Seven seven <laughs> brothers and you're the last girl? There you go. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They just kept going until they got the girl. Well, that's, that's, what it was. that's how I was. I have six <laughs> sisters and I'm the only boy. Oh, you must be brilliant. <laughs> yeah. You must be brilliant. At, uh, at a certain time of the month, I made sure I just stayed outside. <laughs> Everyone cycled oh, together. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. peace out. Uh, over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, to get That's back funny. on the point of the scratch cooking, um, I just feel as a chef, you should pride yourself in, in making things from scratch with good organic or just, you know, especially locally sourced uh, vegetables and produce and meats as much as you can, just because you can taste it in the food and you could put, you could, you could feel the, you could taste the pride, the love. Everything that everyone gives in that back of the house, I credit all of them. It's not just about me or anyone else. Um, if someone comes with a special, their name's on it. I talk about how they did it. I want the servers to talk about how they did it. Um, so it's a community, and they can feel pride working there. Sure. Um, and put in the same effort. And the fact that a lot of the cooks I brought on, um, you know, coming from the restaurants I came from, it was a lot of culinary kids so we all had a lot of knowledge the cooks that i brought on didn't necessarily have a lot of that so it was fun coaching them up and seeing them um, excited and happy about learning how to make bechamel for the mac and cheese or or how to blanch green beans properly or um how to how to sear and and do things properly how to like actually simmer things and not just boil them to death and yep. just all the techniques that i that i learned and pass on to them that's that's my goal because i eventually want them to go on and be sous chefs or chefs themselves so. how funny is that because we talk about that with um some people it's like at some point like dude do better than me like, yeah. like whatever it is like go out if i can give you a if if and you, you can tell the, the people that are really excited about coming in and, and and being a part of it, but it's like, look, if I can help you in any way, let's go, man. I, I'll, I'll teach you everything I know, and at some point, you might have a better palate than me, and you can take it to the next level and go do your own thing, and I'll be your biggest supporter. I'll exactly. come down and help you out, do whatever we can, and it can be like, 
hey, I, I gave that guy uh, his first job, or I, gave, exactly. you know, I had Absolutely. a little little bit in building who he was. I told my first sous chef, I said, if you're if you're still here in, in three months, I'm kicking you out. And yeah. she was like, what do you mean? I go, you have much much better things to achieve. So I'm, I'm showing you the little bit I can, and you need to go on. And she did. And now she's a sous chef in L.A. at a nice restaurant, and she she's sends me pictures it. of That's awesome, all the dishes yeah. she's doing, and, you know, it feels good, so. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the biggest challenges, you know, being in the hospitality business is so many people don't see it as a career. Um, they see it as they're kind of passing through, whether they're in school or they're, you know, it's a second job. But, you know, our job is to f- make, to give them an opportunity to be passionate and to explore whatever that is, yeah. you know, but if they're not excited to come to work, you know, you, there's no possible way they can take care of the guests. Exactly. You know, there's no possible way they can explain why you guys cook your barbecue the way you do, why you picked old hickory pits, right. you know, why you're taking all this attention to detail, which is part of the story, you know, mm-hmm. and like those are the places that are going to be successful, you know, the places that actually share the story with their guests because it brings people in. And right. they're like, well, I want to go back to Iron Pig because, you know, the server cares, the bartender cares, I know the chef cares. You know, I know that the people running this place actually care about, you know, right. Pacific Beach. That's a huge part of the story. I know that when, when we first got started, um, there were some of the guys in the back that were very shy and, I mean, sweet and just head down and grinding. And now, if Chef happens to not be there and someone wants to come back and see the smoker, they all know how to present well and to tell the story and give our why and that i think is a credit to how he runs the back of house and how he um he gives them a reason why they have to do things a certain way so it's not just a dictatorship it's definitely oh i'm definitely not that yeah he's definitely not i'm if you see me back there i'm singing i'm dancing Mm -hmm. Um, i'm doing a lot i'm doing a lot of crazy stuff just to keep still in 2003 yeah actually actually some people some people have recorded me so yeah they got it let's get that let's get that up let's get that up on behind the smoke i want to see that Oh, that's such good blackmail, man. <laughs> hey, that, that's fine. Well, I, I tell him whatever it is to keep you guys motivated, man. Yeah. I'm sitting there doing, I'm dancing to the cumbia, I'm dancing to Wu-Tang. I'm there you go. Yeah. Now we're talking. <laughs> so talk to me about, you did a little bit of, or I don't know how extensive your um, term was in, in fine dining, but you're kind of wanting to do, that, do a little bit more of that into the barbecue world, right? Like what's it, it's called the long table um, that you're going to do is kind of bring like a different spin on, on barbecue. Yeah, a little different spin. It's called the long table project. Our first one's going to be um, Wednesday, January 31st. And they're going to be at the um, they're going to be at they're going to be every last Wednesday of every month. And what I wanted to do, I did. I worked fine dining for about three years mm-hmm. right out of culinary school. Um, it was an intense job. Um, if you guys ever worked in fine dining, it's. It's it fulfills you, but at the same time, it's so intense that I just kind of wanted to relax with food and get back to cooking comfort food and right. things like that. Um, so this project, though, since I do have those skills and I do kind of miss doing certain kind of dishes and a certain kind of elevated things, like you said um, before we we talked, like the monotony of the barbecue every day. You want to just try to do some specials that are different. So right. with this. I'm going to play around with things that people might not think can be smoked or beef cheeks or beef uh, cheeks. Uh, sweetbreads are going to be played with at some point. People I'm, don't even know what sweetbread is. I know. What kind of bread is, is bread? <laughs> like, no, dude, it's off the gland uh, on the neck. So it's a real you know, piece of meat off the cattle. Um, like we're going to do quail scallops, you know, a, a bunch of different kind of things. Um, so partner with the breweries. Yeah. We're going to partner with every, every month. It's going to be a new brewery. So our beer of the month, whoever that is, we're going to do the beer dinner with, and we'll pick four or five of their beers to pair with the beer dinner. So now, how many courses is it? This first one will be five courses. I'm going to have it range from three to five every time, um, depending. And there's going to be, you know, some little, um, some kind of surprises in there. Uh, here and there. it's not just going to be the five courses. There's a little bit of things that that are going to come sell, up. Sell seats? Is that? Yeah, we're yeah. going to sell tickets. Um, I think Bridget can talk yep, about. We just sell them on Facebook and a brown paper ticket. So we Sweet. create an event, and you can go there and click on the link, um, and or you can come in and and get them for seventy five. You can get them for eighty online. Perfect. Yeah. Are will the restaurant be open as well, or is it the just restaurant? Oh, yeah. The it's restaurant be... will be open as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's gonna be going Just on while to I'm see doing what it. kind of operation we're running. No, here. it's gonna be. Oh, the restaurant's always open. It's yeah. gonna be open. No, you know, I was I was used to doing a lot of these dinners for like seven years of, of my career, and uh, I kind of wanted to bring that to Iron Pig and just kind of show what else we can do back there. Um, so that's that's what it is for me, and just to play around with 
Um, once I got that old hickory, I don't know about you guys, but I smoked everything. everything. There, I could. I smoked every vegetable. I smoked. I smoked salt. I cracked eggs and smoked eggs in there. I yeah. just wanted to see what everything would do with smoke. Right. Um, so then I had a bunch of ideas to do dishes with, and that's what this long table project is going to be for us. I think it's cool because it adds it adds curiosity back to the project. It adds passion back to you, back to the staff. But I mean, for a company like us we're obsessed with events and we don't care. We don't discriminate what kind of event it is. Mm -hmm. Like if it's going to make sense in the overall scheme of our barbecue and our why and our, or sports entertainment, we're going to explore it and we're going to try it out, especially with digital marketing. I mean, with Facebook and what you can do to draw interest. If somebody's in Pacific beach, they don't even have to be following Iron Pig on Facebook. It'll just show up as a Facebook Absolutely. event that's happening. They're right. like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I can go and learn from we a get, chef. We get a lot of people that come in um, based off of our digital ma- marketing strategy, but also it does fit with our why in the front of house because we want people to talk to each other. We want people there. It definitely is a place where those long communal tables do their job. Everyone starts, whether it's about how hot the habanero sauce is or whether it's about the wings or whether it's about the football game on. People are talking to each other and it's really become, especially for kind of those stroller families that come even from La Jolla and they can come in with their kids, sit down and not feel like they're disturbing a restaurant we love having kids in. We love having people talking to each other. We like it loud. We like the energy. I know for sure Chef loves it when it's just buzzing like that. That's when he is at his best. And that crazy calm that we talked about before right. <laughs> that's a little disturbing. But with the Long Table Project, we want people to be dining and see, oh, I wonder what that is. Oh, okay. These are, you know, these are 15, 16, 20 of your neighbors that sure. you didn't know that all have kind of that love for going out and having that experience so we like that we've gotten away from that as a society and it's uh it's important that we don't go too far from that because it's the interaction that you have with another human is is far far superior than your little computer your uh, your phone so just to be able to talk to someone sean and i talk about like a lot of things that we've gained from this podcast it's like when else do you get to sit down with somebody you know, uninterrupted for an hour and really dive into like what they're doing, who they are as a person and get to know them. You create relationships that you wouldn't have. And that, sure. so this is our long table, you know, but that's kind of what you're doing. You're, you're almost kind of forcing people like, true, you know, like, Oh, I'm not going to sit here, this seat. I'm going to sit, sit one away. It's like, exactly. oh, squeeze in. Cause that's, and exactly. I, grew, I grew up with a big family. We're a Hispanic family. It's like, all the cousins are here. Everyone get together, and this is what we're doing, you know. It's so, you know, you're forcing that kind of feel, and you can feel it you, when you walk in. It's yeah. not a uh, stuffy. It's not. It's just like a warm place with a little modern twist to it. And it's it's a beautiful place, and yeah, I, we really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think a lot. We of, went there yesterday. So yeah, a lot of what we do with events is just to break up the pattern of life. Yes, you know, breaking up the pattern. I mean, it's. We joke about it, but literally we, we shut down the street in front of our restaurant so that the people that live in Spring Valley that kept driving past and said, oh, we didn't even know you had a restaurant. Well, now you actually have to drive through a detour. Exactly. So like at least maybe they'll think, hey, what's going on? Like what's happening at that restaurant? But, you know, interrupting the patterns of life, you know, we'll do cooking classes and we've done cooking classes here at Valley Farm or we'll do them at Cali Comfort where we'll talk about beer. We'll talk about different cuts of meat. Gene will talk about smoking. Derek will talk about, um, you know, how to, how to properly fabricate the meats. And when people that come in just for breakfast, see us on the front patio, having the cooking class, they're like, what's going on? Right. So like, that's all automatically interrupted their pattern of thinking. And they're like, well, I love barbecue. How come I didn't know about it? Mm -hmm. Now they're going to sign up for our email newsletter, or they're going to sign up for our Facebook page. So it's like, I need to make sure that I don't miss that. Because they've already bought into what you're about. And this is what's, you know, this is, this is what this long, long table project sounds like. It sounds like something that, you know, whenever you focus on education and you focus on things that are bigger than what the transaction is at the cash register, um, then you're starting to do really the right things, you know, and then people can actually learn from the master. And like that, that's really what we're trying to do. I mean, we've, we try to put Gene as in, in as many positions where he can <laughs> keep sharing his knowledge with the world. Oh, because he'll share. We, we, <laughs> he'll share. Oh, I know. 
and he'll share. And he'll share. I just he'll honestly him. share. Oh no, you're, you're gonna get it. And there's a one way that Jim's gonna tell you. And that's, that's funny. Uh, and that's the best way. It's great. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, even with us, when we talk about like recipes and stuff, and we talk about the cooking classes, like I don't hold anything back. If you want to know exactly what I put sure. in my shit, I'll tell you exactly. It's gonna take you a long time to like really figure it out. But I mean, like, look, I want you to get better. If if I can't be transparent with you, I'm not really looking out for your best interest. So this cooking class is it's stupid. Because I'm not right. really giving you the r- true information. I don't hold anything back. If you right. want to know my exact cooking times and how I did it, let's go. I'll show you exactly that so you can make it. And hopefully you come and buy your brisket here when you go cook it, whatever it is. Mm. Um, but we're, we're as transparent as transparent gets. And we, we honestly want just that, like we talked, that movement to, to continue to grow. And we, we've gotten away. Like as a, as a society, everyone's trying to get so sheltered in its mind or it's, you know, this, this gratification that's just everything's there. Definitely. And it's like, no, that's not. It's not. Guess what? Cavemen fucking smoke meats. Yeah. <laughs> Chill exactly. out. There you didn't you invent go. shit. It's nothing, yeah, yeah. It's nothing crazy. Yeah, you, you didn't. You didn't invent it. You didn't. I mean, that's salt and pepper. Right. Okay? Yeah. Like that. Right. It's not. It's not. That's nothing, the good nothing, shit. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that's the good <laughs> shit. That's yeah. the shit you want right <laughs> there. Make sure you use it. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny with the brisket because I. I mean, I appreciate what you guys said about it. Um, it is. It is really good. It comes out good quite often, and people are like, "What do you do to it?" I go, "Salt and pepper." Yeah. And time. Yeah. And they're like, that's it. I go, yeah. And you could do it at, you know, you can do it at your, your place too. Yeah. You just gotta, you just gotta, lo- you just gotta love to do it and pay attention that, you know. Yeah, because you're carrying a quality product too. Cause exactly. I yeah. carried Black Angus, I don't yeah. know if it was cho- choice, uh, briskets and they look, they look great. You know, they, um, you have to start with a good product. Always. You, know, you, you always have to make sure that you're getting. It's like most of stuff. my chefs before me what I, that I work for, they said, I'm just trying not to fuck up the food. Right. <laughs> I get the, I get the best ingredients, and I'm just trying not to fuck it up. Right. That's what they always used to say. Yeah, we always uh, tease when we, we give people food here. We're like, we did our part. Yeah, yeah we're we're gonna give you the there best you we can give you. Now, yeah, we'll we'll try to teach you how to cook it. But now it's your job to go take Don't it home it and, up. and uh, figure, figure that part out. You know, that's funny. Um, tell us a little bit, just kind of about the menu development and you know the challenges, because you know one of the biggest things for a restaurant is to understand that you know. If you have space on the smoker, that means that's money that needs to get made. Exactly. So, you know, as much as we want to get people into Iron Pig to sit down and have a meal um, or to take food out, you also need to do catering. Yeah. So, you know, meats by the pound, developing exactly. the catering menu. Talk a little bit about that. Um, well, when we first opened, um, it was the first menu I developed on my own uh, without like a sous chef or another chef with me because it was, well, actually, I'll, I'll give credit to a. Uh, I'll give credit to my first two chef as well, Christy. Um, but what I was trying to do was bring things that I learned from Texas, but also implement things that I noticed PB would want or just San Diego in general. Um, cause we do have an extensive menu with salads and like a, uh, mushroom portobello, like things that you don't find on barbecue. Man salad. The man salad. Yeah. That actually, that's a funny story. Um, <laughs> I worked at Smoking Goat Restaurant in North Park and we used to make, family meal and just real quick so we can have something before we got hit and we just always used to throw in ribeye arugula french fries um <laughs> pickled pickled onions throw in some like balsamic vinegar and oil and just scarf that down so that was the idea that i mean that was where it came from and i just put on the menu and we always used to call it the man salad at right. smoking goat so true story most women order the man salad yeah, just that's FYI. awesome that's awesome <laughs> Corey, cool. Corey had it yesterday. <laughs> he's, he's a testament. Corey, I'm sorry. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> but mainly, I was just trying to, I was trying to um, develop it to where it was things I liked to eat um, and things that the community would want. Um, that's why we like we have the tacos on there and things like that because PB's taco heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, we so also have a lot of vegetarians and a lot vegans. of vegetarian options um, that you wouldn't find at most barbecue places, especially where I'm from in Texas. It's meat, white bread, <laughs> and that's it. And then you deal with it. I mean, that's yeah. well, you know, maybe a pickle. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. And we make our own pickle pickles there actually. So, yep. Um, but yeah, and then with the, along with the catering, just like you said, I try to, I try, you know, I give all the meat options, yeah. um, except for the wings. Um, unless you unless you special order that because the wings we sell a lot of that and I got to keep that thing open for in house wings, and um, there's a reason for that. Yes, there's a, there's a very specific reason. It's because operationally, in order to put out the best smoked wing in house, you've got to have control. Yeah, and yes. once you lose control, if people are coming in and ordering, hey, I need forty smoked wings, like well, 
with all the pars, with everything else that I've got going on this, I can't. Exactly. I can't do it for you. Exactly. I want to do it for you, but I can't. Oh, I would love to. I mean, yeah. I have no but problem. I, but I have to say no. I mean, exactly. those are those things where it's like, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should. Exactly. Because it only takes a few times of fucking it up where you're like, oh, well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> that, that's why we don't do a half a pan of cobbler. You know, as yeah. much as somebody wants to come in and go, oh, can we get a half a pan of cobbler? No. Like, no, we only do it through catering. Exactly. And it has to be of this order and it's got to be done. That's funny you said that because we just had a, a situation <laughs> like that about the cobbler. I tell funny them, hey, you it should takes, funny that. you should mention I go, that. It takes a little bit of time and, you know, I didn't order it for you. I mean, yeah. you got to give me a notice. That's why we have the notice. 72 like a, hours 70, in advance. 72 hours. We saw that. We read that yesterday. Yeah. I'll 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 I circled that. I was like, I'll yeah. even do 48. And, you know, because I am who I am, I like to give people, what, mm-hmm. you know, what they want. I want to ha- make them happy. If they give me less than that, I'll work with them if I can do it. But on certain items, I just can't do it. And it's just, you Rick's set yourself motto up. motto is I can do anything with time and money. It's yeah. A- <laughs> That's true. No, it's, you set yeah. yourself up for yeah. failure, though. And the last yeah. thing you want to do is make an exception and then realize, Jesus, I made that rule for a reason. Right. Because I don't want to fail. I don't want, want to fail keep, and put something You want to keep integrity. And Absolutely. you want to keep, you know, your product at a high level and not just give give them what they want and then it's not what you actually wanted to put out. I always tell my cooks that too. Don't don't I'd rather you start over than put out trash yes. up, up in the window. <laughs> yes. Please. All I would, the time I would rather yeah. if you wouldn't eat that shit, throw that shit out, start over, go again. You, you know, know we, we do a lot of Texas toast where we where we where we um you know we have it on the flat top and I go, I can hear from the back. Okay guys? I go, if I hear a knife scraping that bread, that's failure. So Throw that away. Start over. Yeah. Like you know, let's let's make it right. Um, so, impor- like you said, it's important because the integrity. Yeah, you, know, you want the to integrity. consistency, and it's it's important that they know that you care. Yes, because you're the example, and you're you're the one that's doing it all the time. And you know, we have to make sure that we sometimes we. I mean, I know myself. I'll get away from always leading by example. You know, it's like <laughs> you have to make sure that you're doing. You know. My checklist for everyone else, I don't always follow my checklist. I'm like, shit, I got to get back to to making sure I'm doing the things right, too. You know, it holds me accountable. True. And I actually like when my when my sous chef will call me out. Yeah. I'm like, hey, <laughs> you you told us, and you. I'm like, oh, okay, you're right. And right. so you know, it, it snaps you back into what you should, should be doing. But the fact that he notices is 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 good because he cares about the job as well. Well, I noticed you guys. We had drinks here yesterday. You guys didn't have uh, straws. Can you guys uh, dive into that? Purposefully. (laughs) I love it. We actually, and that is a huge kind of um, feather in Ryan's cap in the front of the house. We really want to, again, belong to the community. And a huge push in Pee Wee and a huge push across San Diego is, is, um, you know, plastic sucks and straws suck. So we want to get away from that. We have paper straws. We know that kids are in our restaurant. We know that we're going to need straws. We know that some adults prefer straws so it's not a problem for us to have paper straws but we just felt like what we can do and we can't do everything but what we can do we will do to support the community and the environment and make sure that we're doing our part and that that goes back to what sean was saying you guys had to understand where you guys were at and what you're doing and it's probably who you are too to help out the environment and then embrace that embrace the community and and show like hey we're not here just for like the transactional thing we're here for like everybody and there are some things that we can do and there are some things that we can't i mean we're talking about kind of online forums and things of that nature where everybody wants to be a restaurant owner and say you know what would be great and i i kid you not this was a real thing guys you know what would be great? Chef is such a, such a, or Rick is such a good chef. We love your meat, but we always wanted a platter that had every type of meat that you sell on it for like 20 bucks. Yes. Of course you do. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, we, then, we also want to be like, open tomorrow. We would get yeah. there and it's just like, okay, well, we cannot have plastic straws, but we can't do the $20 all meat yeah. platter. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's a give or take. It's a give or take. We do what we can. What do you think uh, the biggest challenges on the digital and social side have been um, just in the last, since you guys have taken over the restaurant and opened up? We're pretty lucky. I'll say we um, have our, our Yelp reviews are, are pretty great. We're at four and a half stars. We've, Who responds to the Yelp reviews? I do. Uh-huh, I do. Nice. <laughs> What's up? How you doing? What's going on? Yeah. Digging deep. In the, digging Would you deep. like to pay for my therapy oh, sessions? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't so, know. I can't. Being, I, a, being, no, a, being, a new, being a new business owner and having to respond to Yelp reviews is... <laughs> is uh, 
Yeah. I didn't even know Yelp existed before I moved here because like, in Texas they don't he really. He still calls like Facebook the Facebook, so the he, Facebook. we don't I'm we don't. The but I'm from the '90s still. That's back to his Wu Tang uh, 2003 days. Uh, right. So I no, I do, and honestly, when we get something that's just ridiculous. We'll have all of the people that are in the know texting yeah. me just question marks or you know, and sure. it's it's fine. I don't I don't mind doing it because honestly, the I appreciate when someone tells us when we've got it wrong. Yes, and it's truly that I am. I know that Rick is the gatekeeper on the back, mm-hmm. and Ryan is the gatekeeper on the front, but I also. And then have an opportunity to not just going to give you a free gift card or I'm not going to, I mean, you know, when people are angling for stuff, but you also know when you've come in and you've, you haven't been at your best. Absolutely. And so to be able to win them back or to be able to say, Hey, everything is about intention and capacity. Our intention is never to give you bad service. Our intention is never to have you wait a long time. Our intention is always to create community, to show off the food that the back of the house does and to have a great time, to have fun. Right. And sometimes our capacity is that we can do that. And sometimes on a Saturday at eight, we fail. And mm-hmm. so to be able to respond to that and kind of allow them to see that we're humans and we're not, you know, a TGI Fridays that has a protocol of how to answer things back. That's the worst. Yeah. It's that that's the part that's that's uh, you have you have to be on, you have to be open. You have to be honest, but you also have to have your own voice. Yes. And, you know, when exactly. people don't see that then it's a huge turnoff. If no yes. one responds, then it's a huge turnoff. I, yes. mean, I grew up in the restaurant business where there was a time where people would beg to get someone to get a comment card. Like mm-hmm. you, we would beg for feedback. Now that feedback's coming from all different angles. Absolutely. It's coming from TripAdvisor, it's from Yelp, it's from Facebook, it's from, you name it. Absolutely. You know, and like all we can do is embrace that and say, hey, it's, at least it's a conversation. Would I much rather have the customer say, ask for a manager and see if we can fix it on site. Yes, of course. But the reality is some people don't like confrontation and it's more comfortable for them to do it anonymously online. The only thing that we ask is, you know, if we do respond and we have a conversation, at least let's have a conversation about it. Absolutely. You know, like if there's a question, when did you come in? You know, if you tell me, it's not to get a server in trouble or to get somebody in the back of the house in trouble. It's to make us better, if I know when you came in, what time you came in, if I have your re- receipt, your itemized receipt, guess what? That's going to tell us operationally everything that we need to know exactly. to go back in and say, hey, how can we do better? Exactly. We failed. How can we do better? Or maybe we didn't fail, but at least we can investigate how do we fail with this guest. Right. And everything's about training the front of house. I mean, Chef has a huge hand in training the front of house and how they sell things and how they respond to um certain things like pastrami being out at 930 on a a certain day of the week. And if they don't, you know, they're kids too. So if they don't know how to respond to that and they haven't kind of metabolized that through their training, it allows us to say, okay, this is who is working. We're not going to go fire someone. We're going to go and train them. We're going to go and give them an opportunity to be better as well. Sure. So that's... I love love feedback as long as mm -hmm. it's organic feedback. Yeah. Exactly. And you can feel the ones that are just like, oh my... Like, you didn't even (laughs) fucking walk in my store. Yeah. I like like those sometimes. Those are fun. It's funny. And and like, even the ones that are too, like, oh my God, everything, I'm like, calm down. It's it's not... (laughs) So how many parking spaces? do you guys have uh zero yeah <laughs> so the number one complaint that we get on yelp is that mm-hmm. we don't have enough parking and we have yep. access to over 100 parking spaces i was talking to Corey just before the podcast and i was like literally if we had less parking we would have less complaints about the parking for sure but because we're busy and because we're utilizing all these different spots like all of a sudden it's a problem right. because i don't have a i don't have a spot right away right, like, right. if we were downtown or if we were in la jolla or if we we're in pb we probably i wouldn't have a parking spot my exactly. wife and, and our son <laughs> exactly. we, they wouldn't have a parking spot so i mean you you deal with what you have to you try your best to explain mm-hmm. the situation that you know we're always trying to create an environment that is the absolute best that we can provide. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, some people, you know, all all they're going to do is give you feedback. And, Absolutely. You know, the most important thing is to respond to that feedback, and it's a good thing that you guys have the pulse of what's going on. Um, there's a lot of restaurants. It's difficult, you know, in this day and age in 2018. You know, it can get overwhelming. Uh, it's not something where you just you rely on marketing and you say, oh, this is what we're going to do. And like, that's it. Like, no, it's an everyday thing. It's an everyday it thing. is an everyday thing. And it's an every hour thing. Yep. 
absolutely <laughs> and i've been part of thing. four openings now here in san diego so it's every time it's a challenge but it's mm-hmm. um and this one was was the hardest one i had to do just because i wasn't part of, i didn't have um the huge culinary team that I would at the other restaurants that, that I was part of the opening with. So that, that was a challenge, but it made me a better chef. And, um, about, you know, like with the, with the community coming in, I go out there and talk with them a lot of the times, you know, I'll take my apron off. I'll go, I'll go out in the dining room and talk with the regulars and all that. And they appreciate that too. Um, so yeah, it's one way that I remember he did that, which I thought was, that's, that's kind of a perfect description. When we, we're we're in it and going and the community was behind us and and it was it's a fun place to be because you're definitely gonna see neighbors and whatnot we started doing soul food sunday so that was kind of the first rendition of chef being able to go off and do the shrimp etouffee and the shrimp and grits and the and the smoked duck and all of that and he would explain to people because they would be like, well, wait a minute. Are you turning into a soul food restaurant? What are you doing? This is a bad idea. What's going on? And he right. would be, he explained barbecue is soul food. Right. Like this is what, you know, this is how my family cooked. This is what I'm used to. This is what I love. This is, I can't tell you what I'm going to do next Sunday. I'm going to tell you, you know, I'll let marketing tell you a few days ahead of time, <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, they get on me about that a lot because I... I'm a, I'm a procrastinator with it, but I, it's, it's, it's in the moment. It's a feeling, you know. It's, it's that, definitely a feeling. It is with one specials. Of, it's sure. one of the biggest challenges. I, I mean, I know because I'm so obsessed with marketing, but operationally, like to get a special out, to get it to marketing, and then to have the front of the house trained, to get it on the – like there's so many things that have to happen. We'll go have a beer and talk about that. Okay? We'll go have a beer well, and talk well, about that, well, Eric, buddy. Eric, my general manager, bless his heart, has <laughs> some, somehow I haven't scared him away uh, after 10 years of, you know, constantly pushing and adding events and doing mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff and yeah. you know he's the one that has to program the pos to make sure that the button's in there and that <laughs> you know whatever's on facebook actually exists and the server can oh. sell it and they know what they're selling yeah. and where it's located um there's a lot of challenges that go along i really felt a, bo- felt a bonding right there right? At that moment. Right? i really felt a bonding right there at that i moment. feel the struggle uh, <laughs> the struggle is real truly uh, yeah but yeah, we uh, we absolutely love what you guys are doing uh, in Pacific Appreciate Beach, that. and we love um, the fact that you know other people respect how much you guys have dedicated to the craft of barbecue. You know, on eating and drinking San Diego. I mean, number one, you guys are always coming up. You, Andy, Coops, mm-hmm. um, you guys are doing it right. You know, you're doing the right things. The dedication that you have, the craft that you have. I mean, just you you weren't even there when we went yesterday, um, and your guy in the back, he was more than helping happy to show us yeah. the pit show us what was going on cool. and he was so excited you know he was he was yeah Tomas. he true yeah he truly He's loved great. what he was doing yeah. and um when you see that you know that people care uh, we know that you guys are doing the right things what, what are you on social we are at iron pig ale at house. iron pig mm-hmm. ale house on instagram facebook twitter all of it all of it all, all of, of it, it and above um be sure to check it out it, everything's going to be in the show notes uh before we wrap up we did want to Give a, a special special shout out to uh, to CS Keys to his family, um, one of our dear friends, uh, just somebody that had just an incredible impact um, on the community. He passed away at fifty four. Uh, huge, yeah, huge that's blow. A, it's a tough one for for Sean and I and, and everyone in San Diego. It's uh, I. You know, got introduced by Sean and, you know, kind of just helping us. And he was just always so contagious with his, his smile and, and laugh and, and funny, dirty jokes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just always just, you know, made us feel important and always just kind of gave us encouragement on doing what we're doing. And, um, he'll be greatly missed. And, you know, it, it won't be the same, but we'll just, uh, continue to do our thing and, and make sure we, Tell dirty jokes. Yeah, I know uh, Fight Club, Jeff Dotseth, and Jim Trotter, and Dave Pelle. Um, every time we get together on Fight Night, we always have CS there, and we'd always bust his balls, and we'd always talk shit about his theme song. And um, nobody was better at knowing the right time to tell a joke and to crack a joke to make fun of himself, but also um, just to show love. And, you know, it was crazy how many times he came out to our barbecue events, and he brought his little girl, and everyone wanted to take photos with him and he was always willing to take selfies and talk to people and, uh, you know, share his story and to support our barbecue events. And, you know, we're truly going to miss him. Um, we're going to miss him, but we're also going to smile. Uh, we, we recommend, uh, there's a Dave and Jeff podcast that they did with CS. 
um, a while back, but we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, check it out and uh, enjoy the man because uh, he was awesome. Um, but thank you guys for coming out here. Thank you it guys for having us. It certainly means a lot, and uh, we look forward to uh, next episode. Thank you guys for tuning in, and uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Over and out. Community-oriented and still so fly. Award-winning yet humble. The kind of man that'll lend a helping hand if you see a stumble. CS Keys is positive. He believes that we can overcome obstacles as we see. And y'all know that's just what we need. CS, you gotta go. Take the lead. I'm talking about CS Keys. And a NAACP representer, part of the Urban League, and 100 black men of San Diego. He's a man of action, motivation through his speaking and his teaching, and his leading by example. So you're seeing what I'm seeing. The number one African American presence or a role model outside of athletics. He's